science and technology. Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Tech Garage. I'm Zach. And I'm Matt. And I've really got to stop dicking with the settings of the uh, Zoom after we start recording. Yeah, you, you seem like something's uh, bugging you right now. Yeah, I, I was just pressing and like I'm adjusting things because I thought the levels were a little off. A, the levels being off don't actually matter because I'll fix that in post. And B, I was turning pots on channels that aren't even turned on. Yeah, I think there's a... Th- thing uh i've seen guys working like soundboards before and they're always adjusting it i think there's something with sound guys where they they feel they if there's a button or a knob that's there to tweak they have to tweak it yeah even if nobody else can tell that something's being tweaked one of the things that frustrates me as a musician now uh for those of you playing at home we'll get to our show in a second here uh but uh, when i'm playing on stage and i'm doing something with my guitar and there's some person in the back on the audio board yeah changing crap around yeah nothing is more frustrating than that yeah but how do you know that he's changing your stuff and it's not just a because uh, my guitar drops out in the monitors or yeah, maybe it, just it gets louder it no 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 it does <laughs> i like literally playing there's a guy like like totally into his like turn and shit and i'm like uh, dude dude can't hear guitar mm-hmm. guitar nothing I, I will say from that? from the limited amount of times that I've played on stage, uh, it is really frustrating when you're playing in a band and you can't hear your own instrument. Yeah. Because you're kind of like, am I doing it right? Maybe. I think I am. Yeah. Like, it feels like I'm doing it right, but it doesn't sound like anything. Just in case there is a board op listening, A, totally need you. You do an awesome job, but try not taking with the monitors after the sound check, please. Because like, I have actually had... Um, while playing some amazing people that have made just awesome sounds in the house. Like when they're shaping the house sound, because you know, you're in a funky room and they right. got to do this or do that and adjust, they could do some amazing stuff and it is really hard to operate that board. There's a but, lot going but on. But it kind of feels like you should be able to like do the sound check, check all the instruments and then set it and forget it. Right. Like you shouldn't have to touch it after that. Right. Cause uh, the room didn't change. There's not new instruments in the room. As far as uh, monitors, yes. Um, I do not know beyond that. <laughs> I'm just going to Well, let's just say our uninform, uninformed um, information here is that you don't need to. Yeah. Uh, okay. Enough, enough studio talk. So let's get into the show. Yeah. Here's yeah. what we're talking about this week. We figured we'd uh, take an opportunity to plug... Um, our game, which is now out in beta yep. and should be released publicly here by the end of the month. Uh, we're going to talk uh, two games. For those of you that don't know, we did go to PAX Lax last week. Uh, Penny Arcade Expo. Right. It's a massive video game convention. We watched, listened to a bunch of good talks. We played a bunch of video games. And we interviewed a whole bunch of people. We'll be releasing that uh, probably at about the same time we do this. It's just I've got hours and hours of audio to go through still. Yeah, so the the, the breakdown is normally when we do this podcast, we just stand around in Zach's garage and we, we bullshit and talk about whatever we want. And then he does about 10 minutes of post-processing. We upload it to the internet and it's all good. Um, it's you, relatively easy. Yeah, and when you do interviews on a live convention center floor with multiple people and you want to make sure that you get all of the good data together for the people you talk to so that if anybody finds whatever right. we talk about interesting, they can go find those people yeah. and play their games or whatever. We uh, could just dump all that on the internet, but it would be super uninteresting and, and you wouldn't have any context of who we're talking to or whatever. So Yeah, so when I release this episode here, probably a couple days later, there will be another 
PAX um, review episode that'll have uh, all of the interviews we did and all of the cool people we talked to. Uh, today, we're going to be talking just two of the games that we played at PAX. Uh, one of the games, because it seems to have pretty much taken over Matt's life. It's not that much. Mm-hmm. Just because my scores are that much higher than you doesn't mean I'm playing that much more. Mm, yeah, it does. And uh, then a game that I really want to buy, so I will be doing that soon. Um, and then we'll follow that up kind of with a discussion on game editors for Unity. We've, uh, we're, as we're finishing our game here, I'm at least am finding that Mono Develop doesn't actually meet my needs. So we'll be talking some other options you have um, if you're on excuse me, Mac or uh, you know Mac. And just so we're clear, Zach's needs as a developer may be similar to having a high maintenance girlfriend. That's probably more. Uh, <laughs> let's be serious. Yeah. I, I'm pretty tough. And then uh, Matt just uh, slid one item in on the agenda. Apparently, Lenovo has come out with a phone, and I just absolutely can't wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I didn't even think they were in the phone manufacturing division. I mean, they make laptops. I didn't eh, know they did anything else. Hey, everybody yeah, makes a phone these whatever. days. We should have our own tech garage phone. That's a great idea. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to our people, get the get uh, Foxconn get to start people on uh, that, yeah, yeah. working for us. So, Uni. Our video game. Yeah, it's, it's out. It's out. Anybody that's listening and is interested in uh, betaing it for iOS or uh, Android, you can go to uh, www.filamentalley.com slash uni. That's spelled U-N-I. Is there... Don't they have to put the HTTP... Colon. Colon. Wha- front slash, front slash. Backslash, whatever. Yeah. Uh, no. Dub, dub, dub. Uh, they can dub, dub, dub their way right w- over their website. www. Worldwide web. Yeah, so uh, it is the best game with a sea urchin that you're ever going to play. It's. I, I think we can stand by that, that yeah. um, statement. Until somebody else makes a game with a sea urchin, and then we have some competition. Yeah, I, I don't think there are any. I hadn't seen any yet, but that doesn't mean they're not there. So yeah, go check out the game. We're totally interested in feedback. We've had a number of folks play it so far, and we've been able to turn their... Uh, their uh, experiences directly back and give them the value they're looking for in the game. Have the have the latest, have you updated the latest versions in the in the beta stores? Uh, not yet. Okay. I did for Android last week, but okay. uh, and, and there's even so 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 uh, if you download the beta now, please give us your feedback. But but no, we're we're continuing to improve on it. There's there's changes that have already gone in since the version that you will build or test that that improve on it. Uh, I was made some things last night so yeah. i didn't like um <laughs> some well, if more you do to... it right you wouldn't have me not liking it right right so yeah check it out uh filamentalley.com slash uni and uh there's a feedback link right on that web page just tell us what you think love it hate it uh you know you wish anything was different let us know because uh you know we want you to like it yeah and the other thing is when uh when the when the final version does come out we're gonna we're gonna be asking everybody to install it and, and rate it so that we can get you know some ratings on it that'd be awesome but uh it's not going there yet yeah as soon as we have a link we'll let you know i also figured out how to have the little in-app pop-up so they can rate right in the app oh nice, nice. Yeah, yeah yeah at least on ios I that'll be tried super annoying yet well it only pops up in leaderboards right now, so they okay. have to uh, go to. They have to choose. All right. Uh, that is one of the things that we're trying to avoid is having a game that's annoying as crap because uh, there are games that I have played that I actually will put down after a few minutes because either they're constantly asking me to rate their app or there's too many ads or I, you know the ads are interfering with my gameplay. Um, so yeah, we try to avoid all of that and just make it a fun game that you could have. You know, if you have ninety seconds, you can probably play a couple games. Yep. All right. Let's talk some games that we saw at PAX that we really liked. Um, you want to start? Sure. So I think the first one that caught our eye is a game called One More Line. 
which and, and really it didn't catch our eye so much as um you know gave us the offer of riches and wealth well yeah so the as we as we walked by the uh the developer was standing there and he was like if you can get over 100 points in the game i'll give you 100 dollars so we were like, yes, we will play your game. Yes, we will play your game. We will, we will play this lottery. And uh, it's a fun game. Uh, why don't you describe it? Is. So you're, you're just basically a little blob on the screen, a little, uh, a little half circle. Of some kind. It's a spaceship, but, but really all it is is a half circle. And you, um, you move from the bottom of the screen up to the top of the screen, and then little nodes start coming down. And um, you, if you touch the screen, a little... Line a runs grappling out. Line. Grappling line runs out from your uh, from your your crazy little spaceship, and you uh, grab onto the node and you spin around it until you let go, and then you fly off in whatever direction you're moving to grab onto another node. Uh, and if you touch any of the nodes, you will explode. And if you touch the sides of the screen, you will explode unless you're grappled onto one of the grappling nodes, in in which case you can fly through the side of the screen. Uh, And that's about the entire game. Yeah, so if you're interested, the game is A, awesome, and B, widely available. You can get it for Android, you can get it for Windows Phone, iOS, it's available on Steam as well. Yeah, and Um, we did did talk to the developer uh, the next day, Ashley, and we we have an interview with him, uh, so that'll be in the the PAX uh, broadcast, but we'll talk about it a little bit now. Um, I'm pretty sure that he developed in Unity, which is, I think, why it's on every platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specifically, hey, I was surprised to find, oh, hey, it's got a Windows Phone version, which I suspect he went, eh, eh like all I got to do is go through their uh, their store. I like I got all the code here. Um, yeah, one of the things that uh, I actually liked about actually something that I learned from just chit chatting with Ashley and playing his game is the game is awesome on mobile, but on the Steam version he made a multiplayer piece, so you can have like up to what four players. I think there's four players, and that was what we were playing and, on the on the floor at PAX. Yeah, so you can actually stand there with your buddies and all be playing against each other competitively. And it was a really good experience, and it kind of made me wish that we could find a way to make our game playable on, you know, the desktop too. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it makes for. Uh, he turned what's basically a phone game into a really good party game. Yeah, uh, which I thought was was a cool. It's a good like, idea. Yeah, like, brilliant. So. Yeah, totally game. You should go check it out. Uh, one more line. It's available everywhere. Yeah, and it's, the games. I think here's the thing that I think he, he nailed on it is it's um it's hard from the beginning. So you you yep. initially like when you first play it, you you you're only playing for a fifteen Seconds. twenty second game. Um, but it doesn't feel impossible. You feel like if I just done something a little yeah. different, I could have kept going. Right. It, it hits that happy spot of this is hard, but it's justifiably hard, and I can do this. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. No, he, he did a very good job on that. That was uh, that was awesome. So let's. What was the other game that you uh, you wanted to talk about? Keep talking and nobody explodes. Oh yeah, that was a great game. So the version of this game that we played uh, used the Oculus Rift, which is if you're listening to our podcast, you probably already know what it is. But just in case you don't, it's a virtual reality headset. Yep. So in the game, there are two players at least. Uh, one is a bomb diffuser, and one is the bomb expert. The bomb diffuser can see the bomb. In my case, with Oculus in 3D, I could spin it around, do whatever I wanted. And my job is to say what the bomb looks like, what's going on with the bomb, and to press any of the buttons and do whatever kind of actions need to be done. Right. Each bomb comes with a configurable number of puzzles. I think the one we played, there was four puzzles. Yeah, and I think you but can get up to six. six. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have a fixed amount of time to um, disarm the bomb by working with your bomb expert. Now, your bomb expert has a book that has a bunch of... Uh, logic questions and descriptions. So let's say that I am looking at a uh, Simon Says 
little puzzle. We all remember Simon Says from uh, school. What's the four colors? Beep, and, boop, beep, boop, yeah. Bop. So I'm looking at him like, okay, I've got a Simon Says puzzle. The green light's on. And then Matt's responsibility, because he was the bomb expert, is to go look up the Simon Says puzzle, figure out what the green light on means. Well, actually, hang on. First, you go in, you go in the book, and you're like, all right, you know, the Simon, he's got a Simon Says looking puzzle. Let me flip, 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 flip. Oh, Simon Says. Uh, oh, and then I, the green light. Oh, wait. Hang on. Look at the serial number. Does it have a vowel in it? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Now that I know that, I go through a different set of instructions. Uh, and if the green light's on uh, and we haven't screwed up yet, uh, press red. Yeah. Um, this game is awesome. Now, the way we played it at PAX was I got... Had Fail. The, I failed. We failed. We're a team. But yeah, you suck. Uh, <laughs> I had the Oculus on, so I'm sitting in a room. I can look around. I can see what's going on around me. And there was a big screen above me, so the audience that was watching us could see what was going on in Oculus. And Matt is sitting next to me, and he's just furiously flipping through a book trying to, uh, uh, you know, move us forward. He has no idea how much time there is left, because it's a time thing, right? Yep. There, he knows how many puzzles there are and how many puzzles we've solved. And so, like, honestly, he had the hard part. It really <laughs> was... Uh, I was surprised at how hard the... The book was? Going through the book. And, and I think some of it is then knowing and understanding and re- like how to read the book. I think if yeah. I'd gone through it like three or four times, you'd be like, okay, I understand the format of the book. But just sitting down there and going, uh, let me... I don't even... You've got a... There's a grid here. What does this grid mean? And you're having to do that, that deciphering on a really fast timeline. Yeah. Uh, there, there were groups of folks because, uh, you know, you can play it with multiple people. So there was always one... Uh, uh, person with the that could see the bomb and there could be any number of other people with the books right yeah um and we saw some teams that were just wicked fast at that and and i think they had all gone through it multiple times at that yeah, point because they be had like they've been playing it they already. had like code words and shortcuts that they were using to describe things to each other and the great thing about the game oh, one of the great things about the game for me is as you're watching it as you're playing it it Promotes a lot of communication. It's a fun game to participate in. It's a fun game to watch. Like, I had just as much fun playing as I did watching the other folks that yeah. went before us. It and honestly, to me, feels like it'd be like a great team building exercise to go through and like spend like, hey, let's do six hours and just play this game yep. with team, people taking turns, doing stuff and, and going through and, and like, especially if you could get it in the same setup that they had there. Like if you were, yeah. if you were like in a, at work in a conference room and like projecting it up on the conference room, but then having somebody with their back to it or some way to yeah, like, so that they couldn't see. Yeah. But yeah, um, check it out. It's called keep talking and nobody explodes. It's a lot of fun. And what I thought was great. One of the other things I thought was great about it is even with the teams that were well-practiced and had started building shortcuts, the way the game is designed, there was like almost, you, you, there's a line where you have to make your shortcuts as small as you can, like as concise as you can. Yeah. But that level of making the shortcuts also makes it harder to play the game. Well, they did a they did a uh, really insidious puzzle um, called <laughs> "Who's on First? Yes, uh, which that one which was hard, which follows after the Abbott and Costello bit of "Who's on First, uh, which is the 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 top of the puzzle would come up with a set of words and you would have to read those and then whoever was deciphering the puzzle would read, say here's the word to key in and there was a set of words underneath but the words to key in were things like wait a moment or things that would so, intentionally like, designed to screw up the per- the other right. person uh, and to to kind of simplify Matt's description a little bit imagine you had six buttons and on each of those buttons is written a word and the word is your y o u 
apostrophe R E Y O U R U R um and any number of other ways that you could think to spell your. Yeah. Right? And then the people looking up in the book need to have effectively communicated to them which ones you see, and they consequently need need to go figure out which one to press. And you have to do all that while basically working with homonyms. Yes. Right? Yeah. Which makes it super hard. Yeah. And there was even funny, was there was one of the miscommunications where uh, the bomb de- diffuser was reading off the list of what he was seeing. The bomb expert repeated one of them back to him, and the bomb diffuser was like, okay, great, click, and hit the button. When... <laughs> The repeating back was only just a validation of what he heard, not a uh, press that. Yes. So yeah, it was it was it's awesome to watch that 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 puzzle looked. I mean, that one is by far one of the most fun ones for the audience because you're sitting there and you see a train wreck coming. Yeah. And you're like, oh, oh, yep. here it is, here it is. Oh, it happened. It was awesome. So yeah, I'm actually going to go buy that game. I still need to sign up for a Steam account. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, any other games we want to highlight? Because there was a there were so many good games. Uh, there's there's a bunch more, and I think we, we'll cover we'll, them. We'll in the, cover in those the next... in the, in yeah. the one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's dive in and discuss game editors or um, code editors. Code editors. Unity. Yes. Which is for games. So yeah, we can call it game editors. Yeah. But. So um, w- most of the project we've been working on for um, Uni, we've just been using Mono Develop. Yep. Which and, is the default editor that comes uh, packaged up with Unity. Yep. And uh, Mono Develops pretty okay like i up until recently i hadn't been having any major issues with it it was sufficient it had intellisense it mostly handled my uh, code indention the way i wanted it to from time to time it would do annoying crap like put the curly braces in the wrong spot yep. or sometimes it was over aggressive with its uh well actually these are the things that started making me go no i need something new so my big takeaway my big cranky bits with mono develop were one uh how it decides to put braces in places I do still do not understand the logic. Is um, that a Dr. Seuss book? Braces and places <laughs> on nope. faces. OMG. Brilliant idea. We should make Dr. Seuss coding books. Right? Coding books in the style of Dr. Seuss. And the first one's going to be braces and places? Yes, braces and places. Um, I was talking to Lizzie about doing something like this earlier. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah, like, okay, so we'll, that, that'll be braces. our book division. Glad you wrote that down so you yeah, remember it. Because it, it's not like we're recording this, I'll have no way yeah. to get back. Um, so it would choose to put my, bra- I would put my braces where I want them and it would selectively change them back to where it wanted them. I, I've, I've had the exact same. And it'll even do the, your first brace, it'll move it back up a line in some cases, which yeah. is super annoying. And like, the, it's frustrating for me. That makes me angry. And I'm like, just don't like, I want my editor to be smart, but I don't want it to make that many decisions for me unless it's, unless it's making them the way I want it to make them, which is, you know, fine then. Um, so the braces was frustrating. Um, the IntelliSense You was, were getting problems with a couple of uh, things you were writing. The IntelliSense was yeah. putting in something else. I was trying to put a case statement in, and I'd hit C-A-S-E, bam, and it would autocomplete to some other object that it was not what I... Like, I literally had to, like, let it autocomplete and backspace over to just case and then go change the C to lowercase, and it was super bloody right. annoying. So, and the idea uh, of IntelliSense is it's supposed to make things faster and easier for you if you're having to... If I'm Do having to work, work it's around going it. against it's 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 against the idea. Yeah. So those two things were frustrating, and then the final straw that broke the camel's back was uh, was that I was writing a bunch of code. Uh, it does kind of 
code highlighting for you so that you know what a class looks like, you know what a uh, object looks like, stuff that's commented out is different. Like your whole screen is kind of a wash in colors that help clue you into what's being written. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, that broke. I remember this the other day, and you're like, "Is this doing this for you?" I'm like, "I don't know what you're talking about." Yeah, I have whole chunks of code that are formatted like they're commented out, but they're not. They they are legitimate lines of code that are executing and working. And after that, I was like, "Okay, I'm done. I now have criteria. I know three things that my editor absolutely needs to do, and I'm going to go find an editor that works with that." Yeah. So I uh, downloaded Visual Studio Code which is the new cross-platform Visual Studio editor from Microsoft. And code is actually pretty good. Uh, it comes with a couple of default themes, a light one and a dark one. It does IntelliSense. It does... Um, uh, well, it does IntelliSense, which is nice. Yeah. Um, it works pretty much everywhere. Yep. Also nice. Um, the thing it has debugging baked into it, so you get all the debugging goodness that you would expect. You get uh, the ability to look at all your variables, you, like bunches of really cool stuff. And for, um, I, I was happy to see it there. It worked. Um, it was lacking in a few configurability things for me. Okay, uh, I couldn't actually make it put the braces where I wanted it, and eh, I'm like, okay, we're gonna keep looking. Maybe I'll use this because it actually is pretty good. It does everything I need it yeah. to. Um, and then I downloaded uh, Xamarin Studio, yep, which is uh, basically Mono Develop all grown up, and uh, Xamarin One hands down, without a question. So here was my uh, just so for the audience is aware, uh, Zach and I were talking about this earlier this week, and uh, I went through a similar process of evaluating uh, new code editors to use for the project. My evaluation process though was a little bit different than Zach's. I basically said. You go ahead and do all the work, and you tell me which is the best one to use, and I'm just going to use that. So we haven't actually had a chance to sync up since I just... Like, I sent you a text earlier this week. Yeah. Xamarin's the winner. Yeah. Done. Right? So I installed Xamarin, and I started playing with it, and it's a code editor, right? Yeah. Does uh, uh, IntelliSense in an intelligent and smart way, case yep. statements work. Yep. Um, does all of the... Oh, that was the one of the things I couldn't get Visual Studio Code to do is... It, Visual Studio Code would not do the uh, highlighting of... I couldn't tweak the highlighting so that the colors looked the way I wanted them to for um, different types and code oh, okay. and yeah, classes yeah. and stuff. So I was like, eh, whatever. Don't need it, but it's handy to have. So, so, I, so I got the two things that I wanted. I got uh, I got it to go to the color scheme that I wanted. Yep. I, f- I figured that out in the options. And then I turned on uh, autocomplete with braces. So if I put in a, one brace, yep. it, it makes another brace... Have you gone in... One of the, now, this is one of the things that made me go, holy crap, Xamarin is really cool. If you go into the settings, you can actually configure where it puts your braces, how it puts them, where uh, it lands. So I was looking for that a little bit, and I didn't see where that option was. Before, but, uh, before, before we today, leave, I want to yeah, see you. where that is so I can but check that. Here's the great part about it. That screen especially made me go, oh, these people are awesome. Um it clearly describes, there's lines that clearly describe what act- action they're talking about, right? Like, okay. uh, open, open brace starting case statement or okay. something like that, right? You look at it, you know what it means, but then you're trying to go, okay, do I want that on the same line, on the next line? Blah. Right. Do I want it to indent? Do I right. want it directly below? Blah, 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 blah. So they've got all of this laid out, and whenever you highlight one of them, like, Curly brace at this or curly curly brace placement in case statements. Yeah, right. You click on that; it shows you on the right 
what it like a snippet of code right so and then as you select the different options it just changes the view so you can see like visually what it's doing so there's like a set of sample code that as you say here's how i want my format it, it formats it shows it in you that way. yes ah uh, yeah i want to i want to see i i mean it can't be that hard for me to find it myself but yeah. i want you to show me that and then i'm gonna go through and, and place yeah. it i, I, I was, think that'll be a lot easier for us to keep our code looking standardized too because yeah uh, if we were working out of the same editor settings, it's going to yeah. be a whole lot easier. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that was... I was just over the moon with that. I'm like, that is great. That is awesome. Um, it is... There was... Um, yeah. There's tons of configurability so that you can make it just work like you want your editor to work. Yeah. Um, that made me super happy. Quick install. It's a little big for my taste. I, so I noticed... So I was installing it at home. I, I, that was when I sent you the text message. on. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying it out. Uh, and it installed a shit ton of stuff like the Android SDK and a bunch of other stuff yeah, so, that it needed. Well, um, so here's what I think is going on there. And this is somewhat... This is just one of those things. Uh, Xamarin uh, isn't just building a code editor, right? Right. They've got a whole platform that they're trying to sell us. Yep. And we said, we'll use your code editor. Right. And the platform looks really awesome. As soon as we start building non-games... Yeah. And they even have game stuff too. Yeah. Um, we could look at using Xamarin because it's, again, much like Unity, build yep. once or write the code once, deploy everywhere. anywhere. Yep. Um, and from looking at what they've done, they have some Xamarin forms, which are basically you build a form and then whether you're building on iOS, Android, or Windows phone, they do a translation so that that form is now using the native components so that an iOS looks like an iOS device and it uh, looks like right. Android. Right. It looks like they've done a ton of work. And I think they've... Uh, just part of downloading the the Xamarin Studio, they expect that you're going to be utilizing there, so they include six gigs worth of right. uh, class libraries so for everything. How long did it take to, for you to install from here? I didn't install it from here. Oh, okay. Uh, for those of you playing at home, my internet is like a T1 line, which sounds really fast, but right. it's not. It's they were about, super awesome back in 1998. Yeah, I get one and a half meg, you know, up and down. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty shitty. Uh, so when you... De- Actually, when I first... Down- okay, so actually, I would like to talk to everybody on the internet that makes anything and sells me software, most specifically software people. If you have a uh, software package that I want to install on my computer, do not give me a download link to a fucking installer. That's two megs, it, and you're like, oh, sweet, two megs, yeah, I can handle that. Like, two megs, I'm going to download that. Okay, double click. Oh, now I have to download two hours worth of like g- data, yeah. and I got to wait. If you're going to give me an install, like an installable thingy, make sure that it has all of the crap in it or give me a link to that right. so that I can actually just go download that link when I'm on a faster internet. Yeah. I don't know why. Pe- I, I kind of know why people well, do it, but I Everybody's don't, doing they, it nowadays. Yeah. Like everybody. And for me, it is super I, frustrating. I think that they're doing it for easy maintenance on their end from their website. Well, it makes sense. You have a download or an up an installer. That installer does a check in to figure out what's the newest bits, yep. and you are always deploying the newest bits to your customer. Right. I get it from that perspective, but you already have to build uh, a, an installer, like a yeah, you know, the code like it's right that there, fucking so. hard to update your web link. Yeah, you could even have like Come here's on. our custom installer, or download the whole package right next to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. That that would just please do that. People it would make me happy. <laughs> uh, again, I'm probably one of the few people in the um, America's that has to contend with slow internet at home. But yeah, uh, hands down, uh, how long have you been, have you, did you use Xamarin last night? I used it last night um, for a couple hours while I was playing around. Um, it didn't really seem to be any learning curve going from Mono to Xamarin. Yeah. Um, did you play with any of the Git stuff in it? 
No. I, so I know one for you. I was actually just trying to do stuff last night. So I, I know uh, one of your regular complaints is that you have to use the command line for Git. I, I don't actually have a problem with that, to mm-hmm. be honest. Sure. Um, I was actually working on a project at work this week. The one, the side yeah. project I've been telling you about. Yep. Uh, <laughs> this will make you entertain you. I don't know if anybody else will find this funny. Uh, and it's a it, it's a Visual Studio project, but it uses Git as the back end. Yep. And I needed to check in some code, and I was like, I don't know how to do this in Visual. Like I just never have. And so I was like, Oh wait, uh, hang on. This says Git from the back end. Let me hang. Uh, hang this, this link tells me it'll open a command prompt. Oh sweet! I can run all the Git commands. <laughs> Yeah, so I was able to like, like. It's nice uh, to see that I've helped your nerd a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I fully command lined the. Uh, whereas I'm pretty sure everybody else that we work with that does uh, similar check in does it through the UI. Yeah, I was completely opposite in doing a completely command line. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, you I thought, no I thought you'd like that. <laughs> um, so one of the neat things in Xamarin that I was playing with was uh, they have like a little section where you can go in and you can see the Git blame or Git history. So you can actually look at your code and see um, when, like, see who checked what changes in during which check-in. Yep. So that was pretty neat. Uh, I did. I would on the on the Git blame, by the way. And I was yep. I was uh, you you mentioned that you configured this the other day, and I was looking. At, I was driving down mm-hmm. uh, south in the car, and so I just looked it up on the phone, so I couldn't really see. It uh, it annotates your code basically with when people made the changes. Correct, but you have to see that in a specific editor. No, no, no. Or you I haven't like, had a chance to play with it. You can do it on the command line too. Okay, but in Xamarin they built it into the editor, so if okay. you just click, click the Git blame, it'll show you like on the gutter on the right will be right. the check in and the check in notes okay. with it. As I was reading it in the Git disk, like the Git documentation, mm-hmm. it made it sound like it's just going to like prepend it at the end of your your code with comments. I was like, that's going to look ugly. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually, really believe that was what was going to happen, but like that was how they described it. Uh, but yeah, the, the integration in Xamarin is pretty good uh, for that. One of the other things I thought was really neat is uh, I wasn't actually doing any real work. I was just mucking about in files to see what changes would happen. Yeah. And they have a whole git diff uh, screen in there where it shows, uh, you know, your standard diff type stuff where, you know, old on the one side, new on the other. And you can yep. kind of, it highlights and shows uh I was actually able to go in because I made a whole bunch of changes and say, I actually want to keep these changes and delete this change even before I'd gotten to a commit state, right? So I oh. had the editor open and it's like, hey, here's what is uh, you yeah. know, in the repo. Here's what you changed. And I could go through and just click quickly to remove some yeah. of the edits that I'd made. And I was like, ah, that's actually pretty slick. I don't know if I'll actually use that feature, but yeah. it was kind of fun. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, so I've actually been really happy with Xamarin. Uh, you can, in Unity, for those of you playing at home, if you go into Preferences on Unity, there's an external editor. You can set it to open um, using anything. Visual Studio Code, which is also good. You should check it out. Uh, yeah. You might find that you like it. Um, Xamarin or uh, Unit or uh, Mono Develop. It's just a little drop down. You select it, and yep. boom. Now I found Unity it. It took open. me about 30 seconds. It's easy. Yeah. So uh, everybody listening, give, uh, give Xamarin Studio a try. Give uh, Visual Studio Code a try. Uh, one of the things actually... Uh, Jumping back to Visual Studio Code a little bit, one of the things that I thought they did really well on that is they took a, a different approach to um, preferences and settings. Uh, for those of you that have used Visual Studio, you know that there's a lot of goodness in Visual Studio, the whole thing. A lot of it is hard to unlock because you need to go through um, lots and lots of menus and submenus and munge- or mess around a bit to find stuff. I'd maybe call it Byzantine. Uh, sure, you can yeah. do that. 
Uh, in Visual Studio Code, it looks like they've gone um, a much different route where they just have JSON files that describe how you want things configured. So you can just crack open the file in the editor itself, tweak what you need, save it, done, everything works. Which is cool. pretty good. I cool. like that. All right. Um, let's talk the Lenovo phone. Yeah. So, and I would just, I would just, as we, as we got here, we were talking about, hey, let's do the podcast. And I was like, uh, let me look at, look at TechCrunch to see what, if there's any new interesting articles. And they had one posted that Lenovo just announced a uh, new phone that is, uh, looks really similar to the iPhone. Uh, Does it have a button? It probably has a button. Yeah. Um, but as far as like what it looks like, it looks exactly like an iPhone. Um, size, design, general specs. I mean, the, as far as I could tell, the only major difference is there's not an Apple on the back of it. <laughs> so I'm looking this up. Holy balls. You weren't kidding. Yeah. It does look a lot like uh, iPhone. They do not have the Apple on the back. That's good. That yeah, would have been yeah. confusing. And I think up in the uh, the upper back side, it looked like they had sort of some fake carbon fiber looking stuff or something. Yeah. But like, but but generally the form was very very rippy offy. Well, so I, I'm not going to be an but apologist I, for Lenovo, but I do have to say uh, all of the phones are starting to look like phones are kind of converging into a um, similar. Like everybody has a nice rounded edges. Everybody has thin phones. Yep. Um, most people have moved away from any kind of uh, conventional button to you know screen buttons. Yep. So I'm, I, that's, and that's kind of what I was curious about is is what what your general thought on that was. Is that a uh, is we're just evolving into the most efficient design that everybody's going to end up in a very similar place eventually, or uh, is there going to be room for some of these? you know, weird one-off designs that used to pop up all the time. And um, they, there's still a fair amount of weird one-off designs in the Windows phone Well, I, market, yeah, I right? think I think when uh, Nokia was still doing so, you know, yeah. like when the um, 920 first came out, mm-hmm. that was sort of a, you know, the polycarbonate yep. body was, was a new cool thing and seemed really good and cool for a while. And Yeah, I uh, liked the 920, actually. That was a pretty good little phone. Yeah. Um, the, the not thing, really that little, but well, no, know. it wasn't little. That was one of the, that's one of the things I wasn't a fan of. Uh, I, I think we are moving into more of a kind of uniform. We're figuring out what works on a phone and what doesn't. One of the things that I really wish we'd be able to sort out though, is what buttons do you actually need on a phone? Yeah. Right. Cause if you look at my iPhone, I've got, um, you know, my center button, the home button, I've got Volume buttons, okay. I've got a silent button, which is, you know, a rocker switch to make it silent or not. And then I've got a camera button. Is that what this is? I don't even know. Hmm. Oh, no, this is a... Uh, uh, yeah, there's, there's, I a, fi- I'm surprised there's a button there's on my a, phone that I don't know what it does. That surprises me. I'm fascinated now. Yeah, uh, this button apparently uh, turns the screen on and off. Huh. How's never used than a power button? button? I don't know. Oh, and I've got a power button. Oh, wait, no, that is the power button. <laughs> yep, thank you. I don't turn my phone on or off. So ever. wait, what's the what's the other button that's not the power button that's so, on the same side as your volumes? This is the rocker switch for okay. silent or not. Okay. Uh, and volume and power button. Okay. The so and then so here's the thing on the iPhone. Now I've had iPhones for years. I've had other phones as well. Um, I think has everybody pretty much settled to volume on the right on the right hand. Well, if you're looking at the face of the phone on the left. Hang on. Let me see where mine's at. 
no, mine's on the right. Mine's okay. on the finger. Yours is on the thumb. No, no, no. Mine is on. If you're looking, oh, hang on. This, this is let a hard conversation. It, let, let me put it in my right hand. This is a hard conversation to have because yeah. you're left-handed and don't know your left from your right. <laughs> yeah. And we're trying to describe it to listeners. So uh, as I look at my phone, the volume rockers yep. are on the right-hand side. So okay. if I'm right-handed, they'll be on my thumb. Yeah, my power button is right there. My power button's also there. Yeah. And my rocker buttons are on the other side, opposite of the power button. Huh. Um, I think on the Android phones, it's also on the right-hand side. Yeah. Uh, I'm not or at sure. Least the ones that I've been using recently. So on the... Um, one of the things I do like about the orientation on the iPhone here is when I hold my phone with my thumb on the power button, I got my fingers right on the volume. Yeah. And I like there's some of the phones where the power and the volume are on the same side and the volume's down almost too low to be usable. Ah. So the the um I will say this, I, I've got the uh Nokia icon and it's it's about a year and a half old. Mm-hmm. Um the power and the um volume are on the same side, but there's a significant distance between them. Right. Uh, such that it's it's I never get confused. Now, do the, do the, you find yourself having to shift your fingers around in an unnatural fashion to get to the volume on that? No. So here's the, here's the thing. Uh, what's interesting is you prefer to use your volume with uh, your finger, mm-hmm. and so it's. But but since I'm left-handed, it also works exactly the same for me on Correct. on this phone. Uh, doing it with your thumb feels a little odd to me. Well, yeah, because you have to move. I, I'm looking at you do this. You have to move your thumb down to about two-thirds of the way down the phone or a third of the way from the top. Yeah, something like that. Meh. Yeah. The the one thing that I say, and this is going to sound really super stupid, but the my favorite button on my phone is the uh, silent switch. Yeah, I don't have one of those. Yeah. Uh, when I moved over to Windows Phone, that was the one button that I missed the most. Yeah. Because I always know when my phone's on silent. Yeah. Because I, I have a button that I can use that now, for. Now, how do you feel about the camera button? I don't think you need a camera button. Like, uh, on my phone, I don't actually have a camera button. Yeah. I just can, uh, from anywhere I'm at, swipe up and there's a little camera button yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm on the fence on it. It feels like an extra button I don't really need. Um, although... So I think the camera button would work better if we didn't have pin codes on our phone well it's, it's so no it, it bypasses it so if you hold down the camera button oh, really it, it'll bypass the pin oh nice you can't do anything else but you it, you can get to the camera um within a couple of seconds so it's I, 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 i'm on the fence on it i've not noticed it being a hardship for me to like pull my phone out and swipe and hit my little yeah you know, I, I don't think up. it is yeah. So that yeah. was phone talk. Yeah, phone um, talks. Yay. Where does the where does the uh, headphone jack plug in on your phone? Mine's on the top. On the top yep. and the power charger on the bottom. is on the bottom. Yep. I, I like having them I don't actually care where they're at as long as they're opposite. Yeah. Mine are on the same piece of the phone. At the bottom of the phone I have both the power and the headphones. Mm, I don't like that. Now, I used to not like it. Um but I realized when I put my phone in my pocket... Now, yeah. I don't know this whether this is a... My phone trained me to do it that way or whether because of the orientation of the buttons yeah. or... But like I put my phone in my pocket. I put the top of the phone into the pocket first so that it's at the bottom, okay. which means that the headphone jack is now available um, you know, to plug in if I were actually wearing headphones to be plugged into my phone. Uh, okay, hang on a second. Have you ever been walking along and then like not take your phone out of your pocket and plug your headphones into it because your the orientation was that way you've done that no no i haven't like tried to plug it in that way but i'm saying when i plug it in right okay. and then i put it in my pocket yeah my phone is now resting in the same way that it is when i'm using it so if i go to pull it out 
okay. talk on it because somebody called uh, me. I I'm like saying. right there yeah. for answering. I don't think I actually pay attention to which uh, which way my phone is. I feel as I'm pulling it out, I feel where the buttons are. And yeah, then, uh, and you've that. got monster pockets though. I've got pockets that are yeah. barely big enough for my phone. Yeah, yeah. It's your designer jeans you wear. Yeah, and the f- the form factor difference on us, I suspect that might have something to do with it. Yeah, especially now that you got that giant iPhone six. Uh, it's oh, just an six. iPhone six. Yeah. I, I did not it's still get bigger the, than the five. I did not get the six plus mostly because that would be bigger than my head. Yeah, yeah. And I think you know. Uh, so actually, coming up on September 9th is uh, Apple's announce of, I believe, the six S. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually sure. hoping that they release a new iPad because it's about time for me to get a new one. Yeah. And if they announce one, yay! I'll be buying it. But uh, I, I assume you have absolutely no interest in knowing anything about the um, launch event, even though we'll talk about it in the next podcast. We'll, we'll talk about it, but I'm uh, not super excited about it because not really caring too much. Yeah, we, yeah. we should have that checked out on you. And with that, I think that uh, brings us to the end of the show today. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week. And you will hear, even before that, the new pack stuff. Yeah, maybe. Maybe.